Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Hello, everyone. Well, from North Yorkshire, I'm going to start today's podcast. Rainy, rainy North Yorkshire. Rainy North Yorkshire. And I know we've all had a terrible week and my throat still hurts actually from all the crying. I'm going to start with the death of a 22-year-old woman in Iran and she's called Masa Amini and she was arrested by the morality police for not wearing the hijab properly and for showing her hair. And in amongst the news of the Queen over the last week, Women in Iran have been cutting their hair, throwing off the burqa and protesting, which could get them the death sentence. And I just think, why? Well, we'll come more to why, really. Why are women still so oppressed in places like Iran? Why are we bothering to argue in this country about women's rights and trans rights. Why are we not arguing about their rights? You know, and I remember when I went to Pakistan and I went to cover the earthquake and I was very excited because I had my special emergency queue. I was in an emergency queue when I landed, but I was on the plane with my glass of wine and halfway to Pakistan, they took my glass of wine away and asked me to put on a headscarf. And the man sitting next to me was eating chicken moringo. Makes and I sense. said, well, actually, I don't like him eating chicken next to me because I don't agree with eating animals. Why are you telling me not to drink my glass of wine and to wear a headscarf? So as my tiny little bit of personal protest, when I was in Pakistan, unlike Princess Diana, I did not wear a headscarf. No. They think the sight of a woman's hair is revolting and disgusting isn't it awful though when you think about it that something so beautiful you like hey it's beautiful it's 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 just lovely part of you that we should be proud of well why are men allowed to show their hair yeah it's just such a shame that it's then sort of demonized i mean if you want to if you if if it's your religious belief and you want to wear a headscarf and you want to do anything as a woman that is entirely up to you and fully respect your choice she was put to death yeah 22 years old. Terrible. Me drinking a glass of wine didn't hurt anyone. No. Perhaps apart from myself. And it's kind of like you think, no one respects my beliefs, but we're suddenly supposed to respect other people's beliefs that I don't even believe in. I don't believe in covering my hair. No, of course not. not Obviously, I wasn't going to go around topless. I remember I went to Morocco with my husband with Blur. Have I mentioned that before? You have mentioned Blur. With Blur. Yeah, Blur, yeah. And we were married and I was sort of holding his arm or, or something in the 
sort of marketplace. And he shrugged me off and he said, don't touch me. They don't take well to a white woman touching an Indian man in Marrakesh. And I thought, well, if you're not going to stand up for the belief of who you married, why did you marry me? Yeah, I suppose there is an element if you're in someone else's country of showing some respect to their customs and their ways. I, I can see, I can see, like for instance, if I went into a mosque, I would put a headscarf on because I'm going into a mosque. I think that would be disrespectful not to. Um, no, I but think, they don't respect. He didn't respect my beliefs on the plane. He was still eating meat next yeah, to me. I, I think. I think there's a, there's a balance, isn't there, of respecting other people's beliefs? And I never. I went to a mosque. No, I went to a, a Sikh temple in India with my husband again, and I was just about to put a scarf on, and these women all came up and attacked me. Why are you not wearing a scarf? Why? Are you? I was just about to put it on. Yeah, but I don't think a 22 year old woman should be put to death. Well, the punishment doesn't fit the crime, does it? Let's face it. Some countries are moving on faster than others. And, and it seems to me that the countries that aren't moving on are, are the ones that want the male dominance. You know, like with, with the Taliban, look at the changes with the Taliban. That's that They've gone back, God knows how many years. That, I mean, it's just horrendous. And I remember I went to Kabul in Afghanistan after the first wave of the Taliban and I met a newsreader. She used to be on the telly reading news. She wasn't allowed to wear lipstick anymore. Yeah. And I remember asking them why they weren't allowed to wear proper shoes. So they weren't even allowed to wear shoes because the sound of a heel on a pavement incited men to rape them. So poor little wow. men couldn't control themselves because they heard a heel on the pavement. Wow. I, don't well, I think the problem's with the man there, really, isn't it? Not with the woman. I mean... God help us! I've never known it was that easy to entice a man. I've got Heels to be on a pavement. I've got to be honest. That's, I mean, it's it's just ridiculous, isn't it? But it's funny, isn't it? You talk about they want to be more westernised, and I've been watching the fashion shows online because obviously I'm not invited because I've spoken out about various problems with the fashion industry. And my favourite label is Prada, and I watch the Prada show which had just taken place in Milan. And we're going to put a link to it on Twitter. And I'd love to hear your reactions as normal women watching this Prada show that has just taken place. Oh, my God. What did you think, Nick? Well, there was some pieces I really liked. There was some pieces I really liked. what did you think of the models? Those models were thinner... Never mind yeah. about diversity. Never mind about black people on the cover of Vogue and and care workers on the cover of Vogue. I have never seen a parade of models as thin no. as I saw this week at Prada. I mean, when I first started looking, there were some beautiful um, coats and jackets. But did you not see their legs? I didn't really. I'll be honest. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. And then it came onto one. She's she's now she's rolling her eyes at me now. Everyone, I didn't notice. I was looking at the clothes. And then it came into one that was a sort of jumpsuit type nappy, like one the Victorian men wore into bed. You know the whole jumpsuit nappy thing. And I could literally count the bones in that lady and her hip bones. Well, you did notice it though. I did in that. That's that's what I'm saying. In 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 the oversized coats and stuff. No, I didn't notice. I didn't look at her legs, and I just was looking. Oh, that's a lovely piece. But when it came to, to this particular outfit, 
I was I was actually quite shocked. I could see her hip bone so clearly through the material, and it was loose. It wasn't fitted. It wasn't tight. And I I did. I thought that was pretty, you know, awful. Really. And it always the sort of reality of fashion. And I can just know how impressionable I was as a young woman. And I can just know all these young girls watching the video and seeing it online. I can know the effect it's going to have on them. And it has two effects, really. It makes them want to be very thin to be like that. It makes them give up. Well, I'm never going to be like that. I'm just going to have a donut. It, It has two effects. It's absolutely... You either aspire to it and you try to be like that, as I did, or you think, well, I'm never, ever going to be able to well, be like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that and I, I just, and, and no disrespect to, to the model because she's a beautiful lady and it may be that's just her natural body type. I'm fat and I would like to be much thinner. However, if I had a choice between being as I am now and, and being that thin, personally, for me, I wouldn't want to be that thin. Being that thin, I'm telling you, everyone, it's not that healthy. No. It's not. It will have terrible effects on her bones, her bone density, and it has an effect on your brain because I know I've been that thin. You need a certain level of fat in your diet for the synapse of your brain to work. It makes you very depressed. It made me very depressed. It made me agoraphobic. It made me suicidal. Your brain needs nutrients to yeah, function. Absolutely. And the whole irony of it is at the end of the show, Rafe Simmons comes on and also Mucia Prada, who's the face of the label. And she's a frumpy, middle-aged, short, fat woman. Yeah. And it, you kind of think that she should be sort of laughing behind a big moustache. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm a big fat woman. I love my pasta. I love my wine and everything. But you, you women, you need to look like this. And I think it's as dangerous as people in Iran, women in Iran being told to cover their hair. In the West, we're told to look like Kim Kardashian. I've been looking at the new skim adverts and I've got two pairs of skins in my drawer, so I'm very susceptible. Nobody in nature looks like that. I'm sorry, it does not look... You are not born like that. I'm sorry, she can sue me. You are not born like that. Have I you think, seen the advert? I think she kind of admits um, that herself. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And those girls on the Catwalk of Prada and everyone's clapping and videoing and Instagramming. Yeah, that is as oppressive to women as the people in Iran making that 22-year-old cover her hair. And if she didn't cover her hair, she's killed. Even though I'm barred from Prada, I'm boycotting Prada. They're blocked. They're blocked. Block them. And then block them again. We're going to learn about blocking. This is a... A blocking <laughs> tutorial. A learn along with us how to block, isn't there, yeah. coming up? <laughs> learn with us. I don't expect it to actually work. I have something more to say about Gate. so queuing for the Queen. I queued for the Queen, obviously, as a normal person. I got my wristband and I keep tweeting pictures of my wristband because I was quite enraged by Katna Moran's piece in The Times. It was about 4 million words and about 400 pages. I'm obsessed with the queue, but I didn't queue. It's hilarious. Piece. It's hilarious. And she got in to see the coffin in the press gallery. I didn't even know. No one told me there was a press gallery. Thanks very much. No one said, <laughs> oh, by the way, Liz, don't camp on, on the Thames for eight hours with your horrible sandwich. 
There's a press gallery. No one even told me. But 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 why is everyone <laughs> saying that Holly and Phil should be sacked, but not Catelyn Moran? Yeah, but Catelyn Moran, the whole point of her piece was she she was obsessed with the queue. She was obsessed but with the queue. But she didn't queue. I think they're being really mean to Phil and Holly. I'm sorry. They've got a job to do. If they go in the press queue... Catelyn was writing about the queue. She should have queued. End of. She was writing about the queue. But if Phil and Holly were just sort of like wanting to go to pay their respects and to also to talk about it on this morning or whatever they were doing in context of obviously they were reporting on it, you haven't necessarily got 10, 12 hours, 13 hours to queue. You, you, you've recorded in the morning. You need to be in that. There's a practical element as well. No, but I, I have ridiculous. to say we are sort of Team Holly here, aren't we? We are Team Holly. Because, and I think, the thing about Holly is she's a girl's girl. Yeah. And I went on this morning and I'd just written a piece in the Daily Mail about women who wake up and take selfies without their makeup on. So I said, well, Holly Willoughby's just done it. It was for charity or something. Holly Willoughby's just done it, and she just looks like a goddess. And I did it, and I looked like a tortoise. (laughs) (laughs) And I went on, and minutes before live on air, the light's blinking, I've had my makeup done, Philip Schofield says, I think you're disgusting what you wrote about Holly, and I think it's terrible, and how can you possibly attack her? So I'm like sitting there with my mouth open, about to go three, two, one, you know. And Holly said, Philip, Liz was just doing her job. No, but hang on a minute. You said she looked like a goddess without I know, I said that to Philip. I said she looked great. I said she looked great. I said I'm the tortoise, not her. Can we define what attack means? Because if someone says I look like a goddess, even after two hours of applying makeup, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to be offended. So even though Catelyn Moran did a piece on the queue and didn't join the queue, I am supportive of Holly, really. So you've been reading Davina's book, Mac. Well... And I want to say, I just want a bit of sympathy here. My boobs hurt. My boobs really, really hurt. They're, Too much groping? No, they're swollen, they hurt. And why is it that... Are you lactating? I'm not lactating, God help me, no. Why is it when your boobs hurt, the first thing that happens is the cat paddles on it. And the ow, horse... Ow, ow, yeah, ow, yeah. ow, 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 Then Lizzie's pony... It's, it's Lizzie's pony, it's Benji. He has this knack of getting his nose directly under your boob and then sort of like whacking it up. And it, in my case, it almost goes over my shoulder. He doesn't do that to me. No, but he's certainly got the knack for me. And then Boris's new thing is to stand up to look in my face since my boobs hurt with a paw on each one, dead weight, the whole of his weight pressing into my boobs. And he's not small. And he's not small. So I'm literally, I want a bit of armour for me boobs this week. And the reason they hurt, that now you've got that, you might have noticed, is I am having really horrible symptoms with this HRT thing. I'm um, really having horrible symptoms. Um, for anyone that doesn't know the side effects of, of taking HRT, potential side effects, I'm having headaches, I've got nausea, I'm even more exhausted everything hurts i've got acid reflux i've got shortness of breath i've got a cough i'm bloated and yes it is bloated not just fat jones i've got jelly legs and my boobs hurt 
So I was pretty ready to jack it all in. I have to say, I was pretty ready to say sod this. Like, I, I don't want to feel worse. So in comes Davina's book, Menopausing, um, which was out last week. And it's it, it's 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 sort of companion to the programme, which we talked about, didn't we, like when that was out. And it's excellent. It's it's rescued me. It's rescued me because Davina actually had the same experience. And apparently a lot of women, helpful to know if you are going to go on HRT, have a problem with progesterone and having a reaction to it. So Is it the same as hating men? No, but it... it, it this sort of brings tes- it on. Do you mean testosterone? No, 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 that's different. And it kind of brings it on, though. It All this business brings it on because, like, Martin even looks at me in the wrong direction and I hate him at the minute. Like, I'm not warm and fluffy at the minute. So She never is. The good thing about... <laughs> I have my moments. If you've got donuts, I'm really friendly. The good thing about this book is, is literally, I found what I needed from it because I was like, I'm going to jack it in, it's rubbish, and... It was so good to read that Davina had exactly the same thing and that there are alternatives that you can take. It's are you turning into a TV running. presenter? Depends. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for money. I'll, do, I'll work for Bryony, Darren, um, TV presenting. I'm, I'm up for it, whatever it takes. Adam Kay. Adam Kay. I'll, I'll do it for free for Adam. And it's, it's literally a Bible. It's really well presented. It's a lovely quality book. It's... It's really well written. It's written with a, a, a doctor who's an expert in menopause. So you've got a lot of personal experience, but also a lot of science and research. And there's a huge amount of practical information. And what I liked, it's really inclusive. It, it, you've got the experiences of a trans man in there. It talks about HRT with thyroid problems, which I've got with cancer, endometriosis, it talks about losing your rag, getting fat, having no sex drive. So, I mean, it's literally anything to do with menopause, HRT, anything, myths. It's in this book. And But how did you deal with the question that we talked about before? And there was a group of doctors who wrote to the Times and they said, we are monetizing and over-medicalizing a natural part of life. Does she deal with that? Is there an alternative to taking synthetic drugs? She does. She does talk about non-hormonal treatments as well. She does talk about alternative therapies. She talks about diet, exercise, sex toys, also sex toys, uh, lube. You name it. Um, so she does. She does talk about alternatives. It's not just all about taking chemicals or hormones and things like that. I mean, you know, and we've talked about this before. I think bugger it if it makes you feel better does she talk about the fact that the men in the lives of menopausal women are quite intolerant does she deal with that there's a lot of women talking about their experiences peppered throughout this and that is one of the themes that come up that men don't because i think maybe a lot of women take hrt because of pressure from men well you're grumpy you're putting on weight you know i want you young forever well, I think we don't want to be grumpy, do we? We don't want to put on No, I like being grumpy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's not because of menopause. That's just your <laughs> natural disposition. <laughs> I mean, certainly, you know, I've, I've, I've found that, you know, I've been really grumpy lately. Yeah, but you're always grumpy. I wasn't as grumpy as I am now. You've I've always been, I've, been I've, grumpy. I've accelerated on the grumping. <laughs> it's, got, it's got more grumpy. 
No. Well, I have to say this is this is this is really comprehensive. I think I think we should all read it. I'm also Oh god. I'm <laughs> I've taken up manifestation a new notch. You know I'm into tarot. You know I, I love my tarot reading. Yeah, but none of it like works. That. Oh, for God's sake. You're I so... keep saying to her, is it a good idea for me to buy that house? Yes. No, it wasn't. Yeah, am but... I going to be am I going to win the lottery? Yeah, no, I didn't win the lottery. Is my book going to be published? No. It's complete nonsense. You're not dead yet. Your book might be published. You're not dead yet. So I quite like this idea of using tarot as as a manifestation tool. And we've got loads of them, haven't we? We've got mood boards. We've got all sorts of ways that we try and manifest what we're doing, positive thinking, law of attraction. We've got all different ways. So another way of doing that sort of thing is using tarot. And there's a woman that's written a book, Sam Magalino, and... It's called the Tarot Spellbook, 78 Witchy Ways to Use Your Tarot Deck for Magic and Manifestation. So this has just come out as well. And I love it. It takes each tarot card. So each tarot card has a meaning. And it takes that meaning and and pairs it with a spell. So, for instance, the Ace of Pentacles is about new beginnings. It's to do with money. It's to do with physical health. It's to do with the home. So she's paired the Ace of Pentacles with a spell for attracting money. Have you and done the spell? I haven't done so. I'm going to though. I'm but going do you remember to. I had to? I dealt with this per. Who was that person? Mel. I, no, not Mel. Someone to do with astrology. When I did that astrology Ooh, oh, cover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. And she said, "Get a red candle. Write down what you want. Set fire to it. Light the candle. By the time." The candle burns to the bottom. The man you want will fancy you. Well, that didn't work. So I wrote to her and I complained. And I said, your spell didn't work. She said, no, they never do for me either. Oh, great. That's helpful. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> And it never worked. The Reiki jumper didn't work. I think you've got to have like... What I like about it is if, is if you're doing mood boards or you're doing spells with your tarot cards or you Whatever you're doing, it's about creating that positive intention to move in the direction you want to go in. And you can't achieve anything without that, that tenacity. Yeah, but that Nick, direction. I've known you since 2006. You haven't moved an inch <laughs> in your direction. You're still in the same place. Well, I'm exploring the space that I'm in. That's why I'm exploring. Absolute where I'm load at. of bollocks. Do not buy. 78 witchy ways to use your tarot deck. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spell you. I'm gonna spell you. <laughs> you can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. You've got to block White Pepper Guy. Right. Because I tried to block him. But I still see these emails and they have a little red no entry sign. Well, that's not good enough, is it? Because I'm going to look. You want to send him straight to spam so you don't see it? Yeah, or out of space. But are you going to then look at spam to no. see if he's blocked? No, it? I'm too busy. Are you? Are you? Right, so live blocking of BT email. So you want to go into your Yahoo account. So My your what? Bra- your your browser, so where you log on on My your what bra- account. Oh, God help me. BT Internet is hosted by Yahoo. So you go into your um, browser yeah. and log and log into your. You're looking at me like, what the hell is she talking about? Open up your Safari. 
No, but I'm in email. Are you, no, but you're in your email app for Mac, so you need to go into Safari. Okay, so now log on to your email on here, on the internet. She's bored already. She's 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 bored already. Yep. Go on then, sign me in. And then you go. So you go into your settings. You can see this is a blind leading the blind. She just closed all the screens now. <laughs> so try that settings. Right, yeah, yeah, we found it. So you go into settings and then you click security and privacy. You've got a thing called blocked addresses and you click the add button and then you enter the email address you want to block. Right. And click save. It's as simple as that. Is it going to work? It's going to work. It's going to work. Because you see, whenever I get an email from him, all my adrenaline goes up and I think, what now? What? It's always a complaint. It's always a complaint. You never get a, oh, thanks for saying, yeah, no, I was really in love with him. It's always a complaint. But I'm going to, I'm going to poke the bear now. Like, do you not bring it on a little bit to yourself? No, because I'm just telling what happens. No, I know, but the fact that you're having anything to do with him after having blocked him 500 times and then having anything to do with him in the first place. I didn't want to waste my wax. Oh, for God's sake. I'm going to, like, ban you from being waxed because it's the only way to keep you safe from your dire intentions. So we're going back in time now. Not that far to my birthday. Not that far to your birthday. That's about three weeks ago. Hasn't September gone on forever? It has. Do you want to know what the heading of my column is? Yes. In which I have a birthday date. Yes. And can I just point out here? Now, Liz says to me, I'm meeting a man. I'm going to a party and then I'm meeting a man for dinner. So I still, anyone nice? Changes the subject. Anyone nice or anywhere nice? Anyone nice. Change, you know, all of her many men. Do you know what I mean? I thought I'd try and work out which one it was. Changes the subject. So I thought instantly, it's White Pepper Man. It's yeah. White Pepper Man. It's going to be White. She was not telling me because she knows I'm going to give her the disapproving face. So she thinks she's clever not telling me and changing the subject. <laughs> but by doing so, she instantly identifies it. And then she writes about well, it. Well, the clue was in the birthday card. Oh. So my column, it's my birthday. I received one card in the post. The address was written by hand with an actual stamp. So it wasn't one of those internet things. Well, you've complained about them before, and yes. no one's going to risk that. No one. Inside, the card said, Happy birthday, my darling Liz. Alongside was a drawing. I showed it to Nick. You? Me. That'll be me. Do you think it's a penis, I said. I turned the card in my hands, putting it at different angles. What are all the speckly bits around it? As you can imagine, I'm trying to get out the door at this point. I emailed the sender to say thank you. I mentioned I'll be at a posh work party at the Serpentine Gallery, for which I hired a stylist. Hired a stylist, waxed. People do not go to this much effort to get married. They do not. They do not. But it was important. It was a 40th birthday party of this newspaper. It was at the Serpentine Gallery the day after my birthday. Does he want to come along? 
I put on so much weight, he said, I can no longer fit into any of my suits. I will meet you afterwards for dinner. This is the key difference between men and women. When we are single, we harvest and hone. Well, not you, Nicola, but most women. I was going to say, speak to yourself. Trying to make ourselves marketable. Men don't bother. No, I don't. I'm sure I was the only person at the party to have hired a stylist. The beautiful Alicia, who only days before she gave birth, and she dressed me in cream Bottega Veneta, teamed with a metallic Bottega Veneta clutch. Can we just point out the day she gave birth? She was out shopping for She your went party. to Selfridges. The, the day she gave birth, she went shopping in Selfridges to buy my primer. And this was her first child. This isn't a woman that's popped out nine already and is quite used to it. This oh, off you go, Alicia. One. Off you go to Selfridges, buy my primer mm. and buy my skims. Miranda Priestley strikes again. <laughs> she even supplied skims shapewear. In a supreme Devil Wears Prada moment, I also dispatched her with a days-old baby to Selfridges to buy an hourglass primer, all of which meant I looked good. After the party, I caught an Uber to meet the birthday card sender and the penis drawer <laughs> in the bar of my hotel, so her house. He swivelled on his bar stool. Wow, he said. I can't keep the dress on for dinner, I said. It's rented. I need to, to change because he knows I'm a really messy eater. If I'd kept the dress on for dinner, I'd have had to buy it. Yeah, and it was a, it was a very beautiful, cream, expensive dress, wasn't yes. it? It was a no it was a definite don't eat with that on. Just keep it on for five minutes, he said. He ordered himself a second vodka and pineapple. He was in jeans, a creased shirt, which didn't do up, and awful canvas shoes that had the back bent down. You know when people have the oh. back bent down? Oh. We had dinner and it was fine. Do you want to come up, I said. He said, yes. We went up to my lovely room. He turned on the TV. Who turns on the TV? Serves you right. Serves you right for inviting him up. I took off my many layers of makeup, the primer, <laughs> the Chanel foundation. He didn't comment on my new eyebrows. That's because they look so natural, though. We had sex after a fashion. Just tell me what to do, he said, but nothing worked. I slept, exhausted, having been up since 6am. And travelled 300 miles. The next morning, this is the bit, this is why it's got to be blocked, right? Well, I should imagine the, the blocking is to tell me what to do and nothing worked. It's probably a good start. The next morning, as I was putting on makeup, he said, your ears are whistling. <laughs> and they say romance is dead. What a bastard. <laughs> are they, I said. Sorry. Him. It's really annoying. Oh, well, we can't help it if you're hearing A's of whistling. We went down to the lovely room for breakfast. I handed him my key. No, we're not checking out, he said. We haven't had breakfast yet. No, you're paying for breakfast, I said. I bought dinner and drinks for £156. He told me not to check out before we'd had breakfast. No, you're paying. Why? You're Why? paying. Why? No, why? I, just, I want to shake you. I literally want to get... Is there anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't want to shake Liz now? Is that... Why? Why are you paying for everything? Why? So when I said to him, no, you're paying... I am checking out because you're paying for breakfast. I was Megan who said of Harry 
who's lucky to be going out with me? She said Megan that said Harry. it. <laughs> Megan said it about Harry. Megan said it. Poor Harry. I mean, he is lucky. He's bald. Oh, I swear. I handed him a breakfast menu and he screwed up his face. Why are you making a face in a lovely hotel, I said. I'm not that hungry. Hang on, why did he want breakfast then? What, what is it with men? What is it? I'm not hungry. Is it because he didn't say what he wanted? He said, well, I want smashed avocado and chilli with a poached egg and they don't do it. When his scrambled eggs came, he called you a rude word, actually. I can't, I'm going to try and remember what he called you. When his scrambled eggs came, he complained the toast wasn't buttered. It's a new fashion in East London. They don't butter toast. Right. I don't know why, but they don't. Oh, we'll probably think they're saving a bit of money, wouldn't they? In, in, in a very expensive hotel, they need to save the money or the butter. Anyway, he complained about his toast not being buttery. So I said... Why do you... So this is when we start fighting. Didn't take long, did it? <laughs> it didn't take long. Why do you complain about the small things when you don't care about the big things, like your weight, your health? Why make fun of my hearing aids? I don't criticise the fact you put your false teeth on a side cabinet. We mean just takes them off and puts them on the side? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, well, no wonder nothing worked. But I'll be well past that. Oh, I'll wait ahead. So then he said, why do you lie? Oh, dear. What, I said, on your podcast? Why did the amoeba... <laughs> I don't think he meant amoeba. I think he meant maggot or something. I don't know. <laughs> Fetus. <laughs> why did the amoeba say, I told you I was in the SAS... Do you mean Nick, I said. I just stuck up for him. Sod off then, White Pepper Man. Not again. When you fell down my ancient stone stairs, you said you'd been honed and trained how to fall in the cadets. That was ridiculous. You can barely walk. And why are you listening to the podcast anyway? Oh, fuck off, he said, throwing down his napkin. You're paying for breakfast, I said, and he threw 20 pounds on the table like a cowboy and left. You've guessed it, haven't you? It wasn't a drawing of the penis. It was a drawing of a white pepper grounder with bits of pepper scattered around it. It was white pepper guy. When will I learn? When? When will you when? learn? When? When will you learn? When? Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Should we move on to the Spice Girls? Tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I think, I think, oh. uh, uh, uh. Because the Spice Girls are going to be headlining at Glastonbury. God, that takes us back, doesn't it? Oh, my God. And Melanie Chisholm has just released her memoir. She has. I've actually got that on my wish list on Audible. I'm going to listen to that. She is my favourite Spice, actually. No, I liked I liked all of them, actually. Did you like Victoria? Even though she told me not to look at her. Well, (laughs) yeah, I kind of liked that because it's so ridiculous. It's, It's funny. 
But posh spice, you have to get when they got married on I the throne. I think really since Diana met Charles, I wrote, I've written nothing but about Diana. Since Meghan met Harry, I've written nothing but Meghan. Since Sex and the City came out now, I've written about Sex and the City since 1998. That is your mastermind since subject. Since Spice Girls, I've put every one of them on my covers. I put Victoria Beckham on my cover, which is just behind you. Yeah. Very flat-chested. It was an aid of breast cancer awareness week, and we had a big party, and she didn't come. No. Yeah, I was a oh, bit cross. Oh. And Melanie Chisholm, I've interviewed her twice. She seems like a really nice down-to-earth girl, though, She's lovely, she? actually. Yeah. The first time I interviewed her was in the very early... When did I first interview her? 2003? And Something I interviewed like her at the office of her PR, Barbara Sharon, who's also Madonna's PR, and I'm really scared of Barbara. Well, if she manages Madonna, the woman's got to have balls, isn't she? She's she got to have guts. She's just written the memoir as well about managing rock stars. I bet she's got some tales to tell, yeah. though. And the second time I interviewed Melanie was in 2011 for You magazine. And I had a lot in common with Melanie Chisholm because we both had eating disorders. So the interview starts off with me saying, motherhood has not only helped former sporty spice Melanie Chisholm to beat the eating disorder that cast a shadow over her rise to fame. It's also given her the confidence to pursue her stage ambitions because she had a daughter called Scarlett. So the piece begins, when I last met Melanie Chisholm in 2003, she drove a very sexy Mercedes soft top. That was the only indication that she was fabulously wealthy. Then she'd made already £22.5 million. Now she's even more wealthy. The coffers boosted considerably by earnings from the Spice Girls reunion tour in 2007. But Melanie C is as unspoilt as she ever was. At our photo shoot in North London, she's rifling through the roll of expensive dresses, saying she's never owned anything this lovely, never even tried on Roland Murray. Where's she been? Where's now, she been? that's a designer that can dress curvy women. But, she says, just before the reunion tour, she splashed out. A new mansion? A yacht? No, a bag. I spent £1,000 on a new handbag to treat myself. I thought I'm going to work really, really hard, really, really, really hard, really, 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 really. <laughs> I'm going to make a few quid and I'm going to have that bag. This is Melanie all over. She seems not to have strayed too far from her working class roots. My family don't seem to think I'm down to earth, she laughs. She tells me she had an eye on a Burberry biker, the one that cost almost £4,000. But it was attached to the rail in the shop to prevent it being stolen. And she was too embarrassed to ask someone to unlock it. That's really sweet. She still lives in the big apartment in Hampstead that's been her home for more than a decade. Her decision that she doesn't need a mansion, and she certainly doesn't need that Burberry jacket, tells me she didn't agree to get back together with the other girls just for the money. She had, in fact, been the most reluctant of them all. I think I just got over the first time and I thought, do I really want to go back? For me, it was lots of emotions from that time. I was frightened might return, but they didn't. It was cathartic. We had a great time. The first time was so chaotic and exhausting. It was like, what would get me through the day? Whereas this time, we had time to reflect. Melanie, in my interview, is 37. She grew up in the outskirts of Liverpool. She started performing seriously aged eight and changed for three years at a performing arts college, emerging with a qualification to teach ballet. When she got the part last year in the stage musical Blood Brothers... 
She seemed most pleased that her parents were there in the audience, along with the Spice Girls and their partners, of course. When we meet, Melanie is about to appear in the 80th birthday celebration concert for Mikhail Gorbachev at the Royal Albert Hall. He's just died. She was excited to be performing with an orchestra singing I Just Don't Know What To Do With Myself and Ain't Got No, I Got Life from the musical Hair, as made famous by Nina Simone. My dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer, Melanie says, her big eyes blinking, trying to keep her emotions in check. It was harrowing for us, such a scary time. It was my little girl's first birthday, but he had an operation on radiotherapy and has recovered. A lot of men put off going to the doctor, which is terrible, because it's really important to catch it early. Despite the blip with her dad, I wonder if she feels lucky. Huge success with the Spice Girls, a solo career. More than 200 combined weeks on the UK chart, six top ten singles. A man she loves, Tom, the director of a Hertfordshire-based construction firm. And now Scarlett. Is she wondering when the universe will collect its payment? There have been times in my career which haven't gone how I would like them to go, and I'm always striving to better myself. But no, I don't think it's all going to end tomorrow. That must be nice, wasn't it? That must be really yeah. nice to just sort of be comfortable where you are. During our shoot, she strips unselfconsciously down to her knickers. The Spice Girls are always getting into their knickers with me. Jerry Halliwell, I went on a shoot with her in New York and she got into her just standing there in her knickers. You're going to be the envy of many, many people. <laughs> She's covered in tattoos. She's in great shape, but not the skinny, torsoed, muscly-armed Spice Girl we knew and loved dressed in Adidas tracksuit bottoms and a vest top. I remind her that when we last met, she had only just begun to conquer an eating disorder and a compulsion to exercise. When she joined the band in 1996, age 22, she started a cycle of self-destruction and self-hatred that she only started to get a grip on as she approached 30. Every day she did six-mile runs, three and a half hours in the gym and starved herself. I did that from the Spice Girls' first record until I went off to make my own record. Sometimes I ate fruit, nothing else, all day long. Mel told me during our first interview, my overriding memory is that I was always hungry. How is she now? It used to keep me awake at night if I'd eaten something I shouldn't. I used to think that if anyone found out, I'd be mortified. Now I've come to terms with my problems and conquered them, I can talk about it. I feel, after having my daughter, I'm completely cured. You never know what's around the corner, but I have a very healthy attitude towards food and exercise and beauty. I haven't had Botox or anything. I'm not saying I won't in the future, but having my little girl has made me really quite relaxed about my physical self because she's mellowed me. And how will she ensure she won't pass on her neuroses to her daughter? All children, she says, especially girls, are so much more body aware at a younger age, sexually aware at a younger age. So I think all mums are concerned. For me, the problems I had, it was a moment in my life. I did go to the gym after having Scarlett. She had an emergency cesarean. But when I got there, I thought, I'm too tired. With a toddler, you never sit down. But she got rid of the Mercedes. Yeah, that's what motherhood will do for you, I think. I now drive a far more practical Lexus 4x4, she says. It comes with the baby territory. What drives her? I think performing is my love, 
And I feel if it wasn't in my life, there'd be a part missing. I'm a very shy person. And sometimes I might not always say what I think, but I'm much more straight talking now. I don't want to waste time and talk around things because I want things to be how I want them to be. She shows me pictures of her daughter on her phone. She's gorgeous and very smiley. Is she like her mum? She's very determined, says Melanie. She likes to do something and she'll set herself a task, make sure she does it, something I've always done. She loves ballet too. Does her daughter realise her mum is so famous? For her, it's just normal, but I suppose I'm part of history. I'll be able to show my children the cover of Rolling Stone and say, look, that was mummy. That must be fabulous, mustn't it? That must be absolutely like... I don't think children care. I don't know. I think, you know, I mean, you're proud of your mum, aren't you, for whatever reason. I mean, I'm proud of my mum. You know, my mum's, like, done an awful lot. She's never done anything like this, but she raised me on her own. She worked hard. She's done a fantastic lot, and she makes fantastic food. So I suppose it is nice to sort of say, that's my mum. It's nice. I think kind of, I think children sort of take it for granted, don't yeah, they? Yeah, may, maybe, maybe. Do you want to know what our readers are saying this week? What are they up to? Well, we have Maureen who asks a very crucial question. Maureen? Yes, Maureen. She says, when is the tour Eight and a Half Stone taking place? I don't know, Maureen. I mean, it was cancelled because of COVID and then all... Quite a few small theatres closed and everyone was backed up with shows that didn't happen. Yeah. But well, we're, we're hoping it's going to be 2023. Autumn 2023 is the plan, isn't it? I think, yeah. I think they're just looking now at theatres and, and sorting stuff out. But it's going to be bigger and better than ever. I think the collies are coming. The collies are coming. I'm coming. The collies Nick's are coming. coming. We're all collies coming. are coming. <laughs> Might bring Boris. <laughs> it's just an excuse to get drunk, really. Yeah, we're just going to have a big party. So, yeah, so it's going to be better than it was anyway. So it's good it was delayed because, like, it's going to be massively improved. We've also got Maggie who says, Dear Liz, (laughs) is there something you absolutely wouldn't talk about and keep private? What's your no-go area? (laughs) Well, we've talked about drawings of penises, not having an orgasm. Moist. Teeth. Moist. Let's not forget that dreaded moist. Is there anything? Is there anything? I never wrote about my nephew when he was a child, and I haven't really written about him since. So, younger family? Children I've never written about. We've actually found something she didn't write about, or won't write about. There's always next week's (laughs) solemn. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.